from the city market, it is Two Douchebags and Microphone Podcast. Bags, one microphone, I am Mark. And I am Christopher. So, Christopher, you had some stuff that was on your mind. Definitely so. Um, I was uh, watching the television the other day and I noticed... uh, Deion Sanders doing an Affleck commercial. and Is that still with uh, Nick Saban? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And here he was jumping around acting like an idiot with a CGI duck and a CGI goat. Who was? Deion Sanders or Nick Saban? De- Deion Sanders. Oh my god. Former, former uh, NFL star player... Hall of Famer, and he's jumping around like a moron going, Oh, they're going to throw down, baby! Over a, a, a fake duck and a fake goat in a commercial for Aflac. I am so, so glad I did not see this. So immediately, the term that popped into my mind was endorsement whore. Mm-hmm. Deion Sanders bent over, spread his ass cheeks wide, and said, Add flack. Come your dollars in my asshole. I'll do whatever you say. I agree. Now, Nick Saban, I still like the element that he does Mm -hmm. because he has that coacher's look on his face. He maintains a little bit of dignity. Yeah, he does. (laughs) He doesn't do all this fucking uh, ham and cheese shit. But I did notice what he does is he does something really direct. Like, um, Like Dion said, someone said money. This is on old commercial. And he goes... Yeah, someone said Aflac. He always, if you watch it now, he always confirms that Aflac means money. Yeah. And the reason is because he's the coach. Mm. He knows everything. He directs everything. They did that on purpose. Yeah. There's a lot of... And he's always got his uh, glasses down about halfway. and mm-hmm. You know? Yep. He comes off very well on TV, actually. Yeah. I still want a giant... I want a fucking monkey to escape the zoo and bite him in the nuts... Yeah, at the after the end of one game, <laughs> I, just I like the guy. Just I just want to see it happen. Yeah, I want to see him like scream and pull the monkey off his ball sack. <laughs> I want him rolling on the ground with fucking blood running out. You know, kind of like Biggin. Yeah, know, Biggin and the great ball bite. Yeah, Biggin is reincarnated as a monkey <laughs> and bites him on the nutsack. If anyone remembers Biggin, because I know some of you fuckers listen. And some of you fuckers have skipped some podcasts, so go back and download them all, damn you. Fucking uh, (laughs) message me. Facebook, fucking email me or something. Remember Biggin. I want to hear... I don't... I know I don't remember everything about that big, ugly fuck. No, that... That'd be like, great. There's I mean, more to did tell. Did anyone ever catch him beating <laughs> off or something? I mean, you know, was he behind the bleachers, fingering his asshole? I, w- I want to know more about Biggin. There's there's got to be more to tell. I'm. I know that fucking that that greasy piece of shit. I know there's got to be more to it. So <laughs> greasy. I just don't remember. Oh, yeah. there are some people that just they just look and seem greasy. You know, he was because one of, of the way they are and their their demeanor, and you know, it has nothing to do with ethnicity. I know that for. For no. some people, that's an ethnic slur for a certain group, but no, this to has me, nothing greasy to do with just has, it's like calling someone weaselly or or yeah. creepy, you know, it's, they just have a greasy, slippery This guy is about as white as they him. get, he's just a yeah. big old country fuck, fucking so, hay bailing, yeah. yeah, fucking chaw chewing. Just fucking. looking at him, you feel like you, there's a film left on you, you gotta yeah. wash off. He used to call them <laughs> gizzles. 
He was a fucking gizzle. Gizzle. A okay. gizzle. They just looked like gizzles when they walked through the room. I remember I used to sit there and go, oh, fuck, another gizzle. Mm. So, yeah, but this is a kid with an overactive imagination. So, uh, anyhow, so, okay, um, endorsement horse. So Deion Sanders I have listed because yes. he inspired me. You don't jump around with a fucking fake duck. Oh gosh. Yeah. Have, you know, there's I'm sure they hired him to be the wild, you know, crazy guy, but seriously, have a little dignity. He is a coach, by the way, too. Yeah, yeah. Boy. You know, but you know, this is this is what I, And I actually really like Dion. Yeah, I I, I I used to not like him, but I've grown to like him over the years because I got to learn more about him as a person instead oh, yeah. of just a, like persona. Well, and uh, that's why this is so disappointing to see this this grown man who's you know got a lot of things going on and and should be respected, and here he is acting like a just an utter fool. Yeah, and because somebody's giving him money. Another thing that I found out about Dion, and this is through my old job, but we went to uh, Prosper, Texas, which is the northern fringe of Dallas. Mm-hmm. And is a very affluent area. Uh, Jerry Jones, the Bushes, uh, you know, W, and I don't know about the old man or whatever. Um, but, um, uh, and Dion lived right there. You could see Dion's house from the school. Mm-hmm. And he gave a lot of money. I think someone said upwards like $10 million for yeah. that school to have it built. And this was a huge school that we were down there for months working on. Yeah, and uh, it, it was so big that we go down there for two weeks. We come back for four days, go down there for two weeks, and we spent most of the summer and part of the spring down there doing this school. It was so huge, but he gave a lot of money, and I also think he gave the land too, and uh, and it was really yeah, close to his house because philanthropic things. Yeah, he did, and uh, and another thing is is the football stadiums. Indoors and outdoors were immaculate, mm-hmm. and I really thought that it was really cool that he invested that much money in where he lived and believed in in education and higher education, and I I thought it was really cool. And anyhow, oh hey, did you see that? Was that a parakeet? Is it loose? It's loose. It got. Oh, by the way, we're at the Kansas City Zoo today. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And, and anyhow, we I think we didn't tell him that, did we? Probably not, but uh, okay. Well, we're we just at the zoo. Started yakking. And yeah, look, they're trying to catch the parakeet. <laughs> look at that fucker. Well, you know they oh, have he, some. He gave some me birds. a dirty look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been yeah. in some zoos that they have some birds that just kind of roam the the bird Kill area. Kill it! Kill it! Oh, oh, you didn't like that. I better shut up. We're gonna get kicked out of here. The angry parakeet. It's gonna attack. Like I want that parakeet to bite his balls. There we go. Yeah. Oh God. That Talk guy's about gonna kick me out. Look at him. He he could fucking hear me. I didn't know that. He's not happy. You have a loud voice. He can I guess hear so. You. <laughs> so yeah, I think we're. I don't know what part of the zoo this is. Is is there's there's. Um, the penguin, the penguin house and... is over to the left. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, really, they changed it so much, that's all I know. Yeah. Because when we're walking through, we saw the Hillsburg uh, penguin house. Mm. And that was pretty much 
Anyhow, it we're smells, somewhere near there. Smells nice here. You yeah, know, it you, does. sometimes yeah. as you get sick, smell some like ape areas. ass, like a yeah. lot of areas. Yeah, a lot of areas smell like hairy ape ass. And yeah, it's not good. Elephant yeah. is pretty strong. The too, red but... ass ape, the red ass ape has a stronger fecal. Yeah. Power. It's Lovely. Pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, oh, uh, we probably better get back to our endorsement horse. Yeah. Um, stop the presses. But I gotta say this, our beloved Patrick Mahomes, endorsement whore. Yeah. Love him. Great guy. Uh, well, he's doing State Farm, Hy-Vee, a um, couple sneakers, other things. Whataburger. Uh, everything. Yeah. I mean, you and Matt, I mean, so, yeah. He's he jumping is, into a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's been doing so many of them. So, and to kind of follow a theme oh of, and, and uh, the one that he they paid a lot of money for the hunts uh hunts ketchup got him first they oh, never wow, show yeah. the commercial i think they got it just so heinz couldn't get him that's right because the, the gimmick first was you put ketchup on everything so one of the ketchup com- companies got him and then maybe signed him to an exclusive deal and then just isn't using they're him, but not they're keeping him. the other company from using i think him. that's what it is is they're like well heinz is already kicking our ass so here's yeah. what we do we uh, and Mahomes is notorious. He likes Heinz, and if it's not Heinz, then he likes the Whataburger spicy ketchup. Yeah, he's very you know clear about the ketchup on everything <laughs> deal. Ketchup's and, important. Yeah, it, it is. Starts, it's, it can start some family fights. And I do agree with him. Heinz <laughs> is the best ketchup. And the thing that I'm really onto is simply Heinz with the real sugar. Oh shit, that stuff is good. So. Yeah, the less processed, the better on yeah, pretty much absolutely. everything. I love it because there's a big movement of the less processed everything. The Simply stuff, like the uh, Simple 7-Up, I really like. That's just uh, sugar, not all the uh, processed, processed anything. Everything mm-hmm. natural with real cane sugar in it. Yeah. So, anyhow. I guess you know, companies got accustomed to making everything so heavily processed, so all the flavors were... You know, really consistent and yeah but nobody bothered to ask the american public is that what you really want anymore well i, I think a lot <laughs> of it started at least with the sugar stuff was in the 70s i think it's the late 70s we had so much corn we didn't know what to do with it so they somebody came up with a bright idea of like let's start using corn syrup in, in everything yeah, high fructose corn syrup became yeah. the thing yeah especially in soda pops yeah but now, lately, the last few years, now I've been on this for a while, a lot longer, and just because um, I've been into the odd sodas, like I before mentioned, you know, I go to KC Soda Company at the River Market, and, and I've always liked the, you know, the old throwbacks, like the old throwback knee-high oranges and grapes are just fucking awesome, made with cane sugar. Yeah, yeah. The old uh, Pepsis and the Cokes and the RCs with cane sugar fucking awesome but like now it bled into other places like you know like ketchups and and um and other products to where people are doing throwbacks of simple or simply or something like yeah, that yeah i'm seeing that term a lot too yeah it's like uh, and it's like organic was yeah like, it, like organic was like the big thing and that now it seems to be like simple yeah. Anything. It's like, no, nah, not all that processed stuff. It's just like, this is the original, original formula back whenever. And I wonder if it's cheaper to manufacture that way or cheaper to produce because you're you're well, eliminating some refining and processing steps. It, it, it probably is more cost effective. Less waste is produced. 
One would think so. Yeah, but of course we're probably paying more for the ones that you know. Oh, simply and real, real sugar. They're probably more expensive than the mass-produced. They are highly well, processed ones because at know, least right now, I mean, like yeah. the Pepsi's, uh, the real sugar Pepsi. It's not simple, simply or nothing mm -hmm. like that. The real sugar Pepsi. You can pretty much only find now. Uh, you used to be able to find it in the twenty ounce bottles and the twelve ounce cans. Now it's in yeah. like the little seven ounce cans, and it's almost double the price of a regular Pepsi. So yeah, and generally speaking, the mass produced version of something is going to be the cheapest. Yeah, and so. then uh, the Coca Colas from uh, uh, Mexico; those uh -huh. things are quite a bit higher too, especially now yeah. since all the inflation is hit and the gas prices are up. It went up six dollars in like the last month and mm -hmm. a half, two mm -hmm. months. So yeah. anyhow, I just don't buy them anymore. Mm -hmm. so. well, imagine, uh, imagine a time when uh, so many people want the simple, unprocessed that that's the one they can mass produce, and that becomes the cheaper one. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah. And then the, the real artificial and highly processed one, you know, that becomes the expensive one because so few people want it, they don't make much of it. <laughs> I suppose there's a, probably a scenario where that would happen. Even though you'd think that, like, um, especially item like that, they would mm -hmm. try to just gouge you as much as they could. Well, it seems like over the years that breakfast cereals have gotten gotten a lot less blatantly sugary mm -hmm. and become more nutritious so maybe that's that's kind of an example of where uh, of course legislation was passed but legislation was passed because people wanted it and also parents too yeah the parents that do care about their kids yeah the <laughs> ones that of... do care about their kids <laughs> do watch their sugar consumption yep. and things like that and they retired of having diabetic kids at age 15 and yeah. and spending every spare penny at the dentist yeah these big fucking loafs of shit hanging over the fucking <laughs> side of their chairs so uh, anyhow so okay endorsement for... whores so uh, as i said in keeping with the theme yeah. of uh retired football players uh terry bradshaw remember there was a time when he was just about he was on he was everything, everything yeah. yes and then he had his reality show, and then yeah. he did a reboot of the reality show where you were winning his money. And oh it's yeah, like yeah. he definite horror. He will endorse anything. Just just wheel the wheelbarrow of money Bradshaw up to him. On anything now, like uh, NFL related, like any of those post game shows, or <clears throat> I believe so. Game? He's still on one of the shows. Is he still on? Yeah, you know, when they maybe? have like you know nine people during halftime, he's one of them. He's one of them with okay. Howie Long and. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're the ones yeah. that like do all that yeah. shit. Like they. But they he's really to... toned it down now. He's not. He's not the wild moron that he used to be. You know, he did that well, for a while and got his money. So I think he's kind of. I think he's Tony kinda, it down yeah. a bit, probably because nobody wants to see it anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're probably like, "Yeah, we know Terry." You know, yeah, yeah. So, so. <laughs> I suppose it worked. Yeah. Well, next on my list of endorsement horrors, every Kardashian. Oh God! Every single one of them. <laughs> they will endorse whatever migraine meds, IUDs, yeah, Taco Bell. Uh, yeah. Pepsi. Remember the famous Pepsi commercial that showed a Kardashian 
single-handedly quelling a race riot by giving someone a Pepsi. Oh, yeah. That was so that fucking stupid. Commercial too. went over like a lead encased turd. That thing that went was away the same day it showed up. Yes, it did. Cause People like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> it's like the entire country looked at that and said, oh no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> get like, that bitch off the get TV. Get that shit out of here. She's nobody ambassador. God. She's not, she's not the African American ambassador and she is not the Caucasian ambassador. And the, the balls to throw her out there like she's some goddess that's going to bring world peace cause, just because she is who she is. Yeah. Uh. And let's not forget how she cut her fame. A Sucking sex dick. tape. Yeah. Yep. And also being a complete whore about it, too. Yeah. Because uh, um, um, I forgot the name of the rapper. They didn't call her back, and they had all the tapes of her. For, That's fine. I don't want you to call me back. I'm like, oh. shut up, bitch. Was it 75 Cent or yeah, Buck or Fitty fucking, or whatever? Yeah, or fucking <laughs> Two Lone Talk Shuck or, or something like know, that. Or Lil, something Lil. Lil somebody, Lil yeah. Duty or Lil yeah, Brady yeah. or... Lil Billy or something. Lil yeah. Nerd Socket or... Yeah. Lil Nerd Socket. Yeah. <laughs> Rappers always have to be a Lil... They used to be Doctor Everything. Remember when every do, every do, rapper was Doctor This oh, and Doctor Oh, yeah, that's that. right. Doctor And then it had Dr. to be MC. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. Now, now it's Lil has been popular for a while. Yeah. And we'll wait and see what the next one is it'll be stupid whatever it is yeah just oh, like yeah. all the others yeah i mean it's like uh it, it's the culture that buys that yeah. you know so so the the culture that buys that commands that kind of name because that's what they you know they're like oh man look mm-hmm. at this this is a little billy you know or whatever mm-hmm. it's kind of like um i don't know i think rock was probably kind of like that too wasn't it for a while yeah it was like Oh, yeah, The Rock has been endorsing everything. Yeah. So, anyhow, you know, it sells. Yeah, I've I've caught up on listening to our podcasts, and I've I've decided there should be a new drinking game for the people who listen to our podcasts. You you take a drink every time I go, so, and then trail off. So, I do that a lot. So, um, see, so I so apparently so so. I'm distracting you with some (laughs) other bullshit. That's why, because I have a great tendency to derail this fucker in a hot second. (laughs) On uh, how I met your mother, there was that one chick who had a TV show. She was the morning news at like two thirty in the morning, where nobody watched, or she interviewed people, and she when she got nervous, she would say, "But um." And then the people who were watching, that became a drinking game. Every time she would say, but, um, they would take but, a drink. Um, and when she learned they were doing that, she intentionally, when she went on the air, went, but, um, 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 Everybody was smashed. And everybody was so hung over the next day. <laughs> so anytime I say, so, and trail off, then everybody should just, you know, Drink a shot, you know, take a hit, you know, whatever, eat a mushroom cap, a peyote <laughs> Hey, look, button. you got the parakeet. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> they must be, imagine being specially trained to catch parakeets. I know. What a skill to put it on your resume. took that guy long enough. Do you have oh, special man, skills? He can fucking hear me. That guy's got great <laughs> hearing. You see him? 
Yes, he did turn around. <laughs> Look, it took him a while to get it. I'm not dogging him. I mean, parakeets mm-hmm. are very elusive, right? They're yeah. I mean, they don't trim the wings on them. Yeah. So, so yeah. Anyway, wouldn't that be funny if it was just somebody's parakeet that got loose and came to the zoo because there were other birds <laughs> he here? comes out, Fluffy! You found Fluffy! Come My here! My friends are here! Thank you! Thank you! May I be Give your bird a hug, of little a Billy. <laughs> Thank you! Thank you, sir! You're nice! Oh my gosh. Well, do you have any examples of endorsement horrors that I've missed? I mean, there's more, uh, but uh, there's a lot more. Yeah, Jeez, but you you get the them. idea. You know, it's you start seeing yeah. them everywhere, endorsing ones? everything. Local ones. Let's uh, see. Well, who's the local local person that that? Uh, well, Mahomes, of course. Mahomes, uh, yeah. Travis Kelsey does quite a few. Yeah. Andy Reid does a few. A few. That's true. Um, Tyreek Hill did a couple, but now he isn't. Yeah, it tends to all to be sports people yeah. because there's not musicians or uh, actors necessarily. I mean, Eric Stone Street is from KC. Yeah, yeah. But he occasionally um, will come and do you know some charitable thing. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it Paul tends Rudd to be sports also figures. Will too. Yeah, Paul Rudd's yeah, he's from the local area guy too. Um, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm blank. It's generally sports sports yeah, or sometimes Salvador the newscasters. Perez, Perez or does a weather few. guys. Yeah. yeah, newscasters will uh, sometimes too. Yeah, and um, let's see. As far as I just did, Anum. Uh, <laughs> Andum. So, uh, so Take it. as far as uh, national ones, um, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yep, another athlete. He yeah, he endorses the crap at whatever. Yeah, I I just recently saw. Dak Prescott on a couple, oh. although he should pay them. <laughs> I heard that the uh, see the Cowboys are currently playing the Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football, it is but a I suck fest game. <clears> I've heard that the Cowboys have already been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs this year. Yes, <laughs> the yeah, game's I've about half over. Skip Bayless sucking <laughs> fucking Dak Prescott's dick while he's taking Jerry Jones up the ass. That little bitch. Skip, Skip Bayless, Bayless you're a little pussy. He's so obnoxious. He's just NFL worthless. NFL scores. Yeah, he is. <laughs> you little bitch. I hope you listen to this podcast. The the character that Skip Bayless chose to play is is so obnoxious and disgusting. It's it's amazing that he's lasted as long as he has. So mm-hmm. I'm 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 guessing it's just due to his tremendous oral skills, not I verbal so. skills, oral skills. Twelve to three over the Cowboys, the Buccaneers. Yeah, that's the kind of game where I wish... That's a 45-year-old quarterback there, guys. That's the kind of game I wish both sides could lose. Yeah, I know. Not tied, lose. I wonder if they could just actually both lose. Not only do I want them both to lose, but I want them both to, like, break their hips. With Brady, that's probably about... Yeah, not too far away. Yeah. 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 Um, That actually brings up something I have written down I want them both to get anal infections. Were you aware that Tom Brady had to skip 11 days in training camp this year? No. There was a big mystery. It's like, oh, he had to, he had to go and take care of something, and and they played it off as, well, you know, he doesn't need all this training camp anyway. And blah, blah. Well, it turns out that uh, he and Giselle are having big troubles. Yeah, because you remember, Giselle is the one that announced his retirement. 
and she was Twitter. so pissed when he unretired. And, and then fucking that dickhead coach, the one that retired, yeah, or went to the front office. Uh, the fuck was his name? Well, anyhow, um, and then he said, "Oh, that surprised the hell out of me if he retired." Yeah, and, and uh, then uh, then he comes up right after that and retires. Mm-hmm. So, and then he came back and unretired. But I think the unretired was not really talked about. Yeah, yeah. So that I think that's why he had to leave training camp because you know there he was at training camp. He was actually going through with it. She probably gave him an ultimatum: say, "Get your ass home. We need to talk about it." Yeah, and he settled whatever he settled. Um. And the now problem he is he's so competitive he's, that he can't let it go. I guess not. And yeah. there's even talk now of him going somewhere else next year. That and, was that happened this year. Yeah. Supposedly the reason the Dolphins got Tyreek Hill was they're going to team him up with Tom Brady. And uh, that, okay, that was the thing I heard. Yeah. yeah. And who knows if that was true or not? But they had all these picks. They had like twelve picks. They were going to give. <laughs> fucking Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay's like, 12 picks? Okay. Sure. But would Brady go? Was he probably has a, in there. Um, he probably has no, a no-trade th- clause. I think Brady was on board with it. Yeah. They would have I to think, be. Uh, yeah. a guy like him isn't going to... He's going to have a no-trade clause no, in his he, contract. Everything's ran through him. Yeah. Whoever is cleaning the fucking locker room right now is ran through him. Because <laughs> yeah. all he has to do is say, I'm tired, I'm quitting. Ah, well, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute. <laughs> and all that, all that guaranteed money? Yeah, I still get it. Yeah, clout that's the way it is so So, yeah that was that was my tom brady thing that i had yeah (laughs) so uh yeah more on your mind don't you oh my gosh chess championship ending in great debate and controversy you heard of this here we go no chess championship uh between magnus carlson and hans neiman ended in controversy uh, and apparently anal beads are at the heart of the whole controversy. Anal beads and cheating. <laughs> I've got to hear this. <laughs> so it's amazing. Both competitors were cheating by using vibrating anal beads that were stuck up their butts <laughs> and they would have you know confederates or helpers nearby watching the moves Watching the different, watching the players, analyzing moves, trying to feed them information, and the players would get the information through vibrations of the beads up their butts. 
Oh my god. Now, this came to light when one player's anal beads started malfunctioning because the other player's anal beads were using a very close frequency and overriding it. Oh my god. So... How much money was on the line, do you know? Um... It was like, I don't know, I think it was like a hundred grand or something. Okay, yeah, It was I guess, in St. I, Louis. It was, it was, it's not like some, I, I don't know if it was a world championship. I think it was uh, like a regional or, or, you know, there, there are a lot of chess, chess organizations. I don't think it was like Grandmaster, whatever. But, uh. Wow. But that yeah, they, so up. the winning players' anal beads were interfering with the losing players' anal beads, and it made him <laughs> you know, make some mistakes. And finally, he just said, "You know, okay, I'm, you know, I resign," and the other player wins. And then he put out a tweet later, hinting about cheating. And then Elon Musk of all people chimed in, you know, saying, "Yeah, it's all about anal beads." And apparently there's some little computer chip that Elon Musk developed that is now being used in these anal beads. <laughs> it just gets weirder and weirder. <laughs> oh my god. Imagine chess players being so competitive that they stick these little vibrating things up their butts in order. <laughs> you know, you ever heard the term truth is stranger than fiction? No doubt. There you go, everybody. <laughs> I mean, this happened in St. Louis, Missouri. I mean, it's not like some weird, bizarre incident. Well, well in, to be honest, that is home of anal beads. But, yeah. I mean, that that is like if you if you know about anal oh beads, uh, which um, I've only read on the internet. I mean, yeah, St. <laughs> Louis is the home of anal beads. We we know this, so <laughs> that's fucked up, isn't it? Wow. I, I I was I was looking around and saw this headline about chess championship and anal beads. It's like. Whoa! How are you gonna go? How in the world do you tie those was, together? Was that on Google or where the fuck did you find <laughs> that? That was in my Google News stream. <laughs> That's awesome. I brought my son, my dog Sammy. I almost called him my son. I brought my dog Sammy Close to the enough. zoo with us today. He's hanging out. And he wanted that parakeet. Yeah, he likes small animals, as in to eat. Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, then, all right. He's 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 very food oriented towards small animals. That's why we don't have a cat. <laughs> he loves everybody else, but small animals just just make him very very hungry. <laughs> well, who can blame him? Yeah. Go lie down, Sam. No. Uh, Go lie down. Please. You remember uh, Nichelle Nichols? Go lie down. Uh, Lieutenant Uhura. Uhura yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she passed away August, mm. right? Yeah. Her remains will go to explore strange new worlds. Did you know this? No. This sounds awesome. It, it, it is. More than five decades after the original Star Trek series ended, its beloved um, communications officer will venture into the unknown for real when her ashes are launched into deep space later this year. That's so cool. Nichols, the trailblazing actress who played Lieutenant O'Hara in the original series, of the 1960s, she passed away at the age of 89. It was July, not August. Mm. I apologize. Yeah. Jean Roddenberry was a pioneer in diversity. She was and is remembered as one of the first black women featured in a major television series. If you think about it, I think that is the first black woman I've ever seen that prominently featured square right on TV 
and having important duties. Yeah. Things to say, things to direct, <clears throat> people listening to her. She wasn't <clears throat> wearing the cook's uniform or the maid's uniform. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't like <clears throat> just She wasn't in the, the nanny or, you know, some marginal character. She was important. She was vital. She was an yeah. officer. And this goes back to what we were talking about last week mm-hmm. about Gene Roddenberry being such a pioneer yeah. and such a, a visionary. Mm-hmm. And he was first guy to really do that and she was damn good too mm-hmm. and not only was she damn good but she was fucking sexy as hell too. yes she was yes. has a big crush on her oh everybody did <laughs> yeah you know <clears throat> excuse me in now, star trek <clears throat> in star trek they didn't salute each other but she still had uh white men calling her you know, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. Yeah, and, and respecting taking, her. Yeah, and taking her orders, and that was a big deal. And mm-hmm. you know, that was a, a big deal because at that time, uh, Vietnam War was going on. Yes, and there were a lot of of uh, integrated, very integrated army units. You know, all of the whole armed services were integrated, but army units were integrated, and there were young men who had like black sergeants or uh, captains or whatever that they would have to look up to his respect, follow orders, etc. Mm-hmm. But to have a woman in that role was the next step. A woman of color, yeah. especially. And it was like, wow. And and to portray it as like, no big deal. This is just ordinary. You know, no one bats I an mean, eye at think this. Think of how brilliant that was at the time. Yeah. Too. It's not and, only makes for good TV because it's so un- odd and unusual and it for was the time. Based in the future too, yeah. So he's showing where the future was going. He's yes. kind of like, look, in the future, this isn't going to be a big deal. Right now, it is. Mm-hmm. But in the future, this is just going to be normal. Yeah. So I mean, really good. Uh, her uh, now her symbolic journey beyond the stratosphere continues. United Launch Alliance, an American spacecraft company, has the honors. These companies are doing this for recognition, just like Lemmy Killmaster from Motorhead. Oh, yeah. He had a company put his ashes in a bullet, and he gave it to six besties, a bullet with his ashes to shoot. Cool. Ricky Rackman shot his off online. Ah. Which was really cool, because, yeah. you know, they had, he did a little short bit there, so, hey, mm. you know, and here's one of my best friends ever, and he wanted me to shoot him after his passing. Wow. And he's like, this is Lemmy <laughs> Killmaster's ashes are in this bullet, and he shot it, and it was really cool. Yeah. I'm, bet, I'm betting William Shatner already has a deal set for his ashes for 30 years from now, when he finally fucking dies at 130. <laughs> yeah. So, you know... Um, Anyhow, I mean, this also goes back to, not for Ohura, William Shatner is an endorsement whore too, or was. <coughs> That's true. He was in everything, and also, I'll bet you, he will be shot somewhere into space, and I'll bet you he's already got the check for it. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, um Anyhow, I thought that was pretty cool, and I think it's cool that uh, Lieutenant Uhura will uh, be in space forever. Yeah. Somewhere, you know, <laughs> doing whatever just you do in space, just kind of floating. Going and going. And going. <laughs> going and going, yep. Uh, here was something that I alluded to, or actually I just flat out talked about. Mickey Dolan's. The drummer for the 60s teen pop band, The Monkees, 
and the last surviving member of the group, has sued the FBI in order to obtain files from the Bureau of the, uh, let's see, from the Bureau of uh, Years of, um, pertaining to himself and the band, sorry, I wrote this very crappily. <laughs> you should and see my hand, right? I had, I had a dim light. <laughs> And as, yeah. evidently, I didn't see that I wrote over some writing that I already wrote. I'm trying to decipher it on the spot. The two so, layers there. Yeah, I have two layers. And <laughs> I should have turned the other light on, but I didn't want to. And so anyhow. But, um, okay. Here's what it should have said. Mickey Dolan sued the Bureau for years of uh, pertaining to himself and the bandmates. That You know, they had all these files on it. Yeah. So, according to the complaint first obtained by Rolling Stone magazine, Dolan's filed a Freedom of Information Act request on June 14th, asking for any documents about the monkeys, but other than an automated receipt, he didn't receive response from the FBI within 20 business days, the waiting period required by law. So they just pretty much ignored him. They're just like, nah, we're not going to answer you. That's probably standard practice. Yeah. So he's like, all right, fucks, watch this. Dolan's is, I, I'm not sure how old he is. I'm pretty sure he's probably 80, maybe. Somewhere around. Um, yeah. Um, Late 70s, probably, he's, for sure. He's, I, I'd say he's a baby boomer. So let's see. I would say mid-70s. I'm going to guess mid-70s. Okay, I'm going to say 76, which is mid-70s, I Okay. So, I mean, you know, he's wanting to get some truth in his life, you know. He's wanting yeah. to find out more about it, and that God bless him. Mickey Dolan's age. We're asking the bitch. 77. Oh, you The were bitch right didn't there. even speak. All right, All come right. on now. You're All the right. next contestant on How Old Is Mickey Dolan's? <laughs> 77. Yeah. So, I think that's awesome that he wants to find out what was really written in those. Um, well, heck yeah. Turns out the monkeys uh, were, in fact, the subject of at least two FBI reports listed on the Bureau's website, including one from 1967 pertaining to an anti-Vietnam War activities and for another document that was uh, redacted entirely. So whatever that other document was, they took it completely off and it's gone. So what the hell was that? Yeah. Did they think they were communists too or something? Who knows? It's such a weird time. It is. It was. Excuse me. Although years ago, a partial of one document was released to the public, Dolan's assumed for all of them to be released. And like I previously said before, I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, I think that's great that he cares enough to find out what the FBI was saying, uh, was wanting, thinking yeah. about him. And by extension, his bandmates, too. Yeah. So, yeah, and also he is doing it, I think, I believe, as a tribute to his bandmates, too. Yeah. To get some truth, to shed some some light on it. Mm Because I'm pretty sure they're all kind of like over the years wondering, what the hell? Yeah. Why was the FBI so worried about him? Yeah, because they had to know. It it probably affected them in, in some way in their life. You know, maybe an agent comes and plays the heavy is hey we're watching you assholes or something like that who it's knows it's going to be interesting to see what it, all is said it, yeah who knows maybe Mickey's uh, um, looking for a book or even a movie deal with this too could be is that, that oh gosh there was all sorts of interesting stories from the Beatles 
I mean, beetles, the monkeys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Freudian slip there. <laughs> <laughs> the monkeys were really interesting because they were supposed to be a spoof. Yeah. They were not actually supposed to be a band. It just kind of took off on all on its own steam, and so they yeah, I mean, everyone it was climbed on like, board. <laughs> uh, the Partridge Family only, I mean, they really hit. The Partridge Family, they did have hits yeah. for a couple of years, but the monkeys sustained for quite a while. Yeah, and quite a following. They could do. They could actually do lucrative tours. Yeah, um, yeah, they sold more than the Beatles and Elvis and who else. Uh, the Rolling Stones and someone else in like 1968 or something. Wow. Let, let, let me find out. Probably their most popular year. They were just collaborating. Of course, you could probably say the same thing about the Bay City Rollers. Probably <laughs> outsold somebody in like what year? Were 1975 or whatever when they came out. Yeah. No, the thing about the Monkees is, is they were active when the Beatles and Elvis were still balling hard. True. And they still jumped in front of them. Yeah. And and that was because pop culture. Everybody went home and watched the monkeys. They Things had to were watch changing the show. a little bit, yeah. Yeah, they were. And they had the longer haircuts and the hippie-ish attitude. They were a lot more fun than the Beatles. Yes. You know, the Beatles were fun, but the monkeys were just like Gilligan's Island fun. Yeah, yeah. The monkeys did have a good show. Yeah. I could still watch it and still chuckle. I mean, it was good writing. It was funny. It was a good sitcom. And, you know, and they, they were all, like, cute, so the women liked mm -hmm. them. And all the guys wanted to be like them with the, with the uh, you know, the, the hippie-ish, but not the Manson hippie. Yeah, not the dangerous hippies. Yeah, yeah. It's the a real good snapshot, of the, snapshot of, the, of the time, too, late 60s television. It's a really good example of... of what your typical Saturday yeah. morning show was like? Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty uh... HR puff and stuff. Yeah, oh. that was for people on acid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of those shows were oh. conceived by people on acid. So. Sid and Marty Croft, anything they yeah. did was fucking born in acid. No, I mean, they were. Who awesome. did the the New Zoo review? I was getting ready to go there. There's like that's that, awesome. That that. Frog the, with the really disgusting, obnoxious voice. And then the hippo. And then it was uh, a hippo with a hanky nailed to her Henry hand. Henry Hippo. And then the owl was the third one. Yeah. And as a kid, I thought the owl was the one that bit into the Tootsie Roll Pop. <laughs> yeah, but I did too. They were two different owls. They yeah. were different owls. Yep. Yeah, they were different owls. Mm -hmm. And anyone that doesn't know this, don't bother looking it up because you're, you're probably not going to find any of this on Google. <laughs> so... Let's see. Was the new zoo review? Was that a HR Puff and stuff? Or I mean, it's Sid and Marty Croft. I'm not sure. Let's take a little. Let's see if the bitch will answer me this time. Yeah. Who did the new zoo review? Who's he gonna tell us? Of course she didn't say that. She gave me the middle finger. Now let's see. Syndicated half hour children's television show that ran from 1972 to 1977. The News Review is 196 episode. Oh my god. What the fuck? It must have been a daily. It had to have been. Yeah. No way there was that many weeks, so that had to have been a daily. 
So that's less wow. than a year as a daily. <laughs> wow. Through Song Dancing Game, the News Review teaches the basic principles of getting along with others, respecting <clears throat> the community and oneself, and doing the right thing. Hosted by humans Doug and Emmy Joe. Remember them? Yep. Yep. The show featured costumed full body puppet characters, primarily a shy hippopotamus named Henrietta Hippo, <laughs> a wise owl named Charlie the Owl, Charlie. and a fun loving frog named Freddy the Frog. I don't remember him being Freddy the Frog, do you? I didn't remember the name, but the, the voice was was really high and nasally, and it was difficult to tell if they meant it to be male or female. Who was the creator of the New Zoo Review? I think uh, during that time there were a lot of shows that were trying to bandwagon on the success of Sesame Street and the Muppets. Doug Momery. Momery? M-O-M-A-R-Y. Yeah. Never heard of him. Yeah, no, me neither. So, yeah, there it was just shows trying I'm, to pile on the success of Sesame Street and their yeah. Muppets. I'm going to look that up. I'm going to watch that fucking thing oh, and God. see how close my little six-year-old mind remembers it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could probably stand a few minutes of it at this point. <laughs> Sammy, go I'll tell you down. what I want to do. Go lay down, Sammy. I want to do ayahuasca and fucking watch it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Or uh, absinthe. 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 I want to do absinthe and watch it. for that with one. Wormwood. <laughs> wormwood. Wormwood. <laughs> I started saying absinthe and, and I couldn't smoke talk a right. little Jimson weed. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. Poor man's acid. Fuck yeah, shoot up coke <laughs> in my fucking dick hole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You know people and, have and, done that. You the, know and, people have used the veins in their dick to shoot that shoot Oh, yeah, you know they did so they didn't get caught by the PO <laughs> yeah. or something. Uh-huh. And, oh, above all, above all, I want my cocaine delivered Stevie Nicks style. Yes. Right in the old fucking... Mud button. A plastic funnel uh, up the ass. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. You, how would you like to be on that detail in the Fleetwood Mac tour? Uh, All right, hey, you go over there and set up the base. You, you get Stevie Nicks asshole duty. Oh man! You get to puff cocaine <laughs> up her up her ass, and that's why she kept. You know, she'd move to the side of the stage during a song. And she'd disappear for a little bit and come back out because oh, yeah. she's getting another puff of coke up I've her ass. I watched her on her supposedly last tour in the mid eighties. Yeah. Uh, Fleetwood Mac's last oh, tour. okay. Yeah, their supposedly farewell tour in the mid-80s. And she was off stage as much as she was on stage. Mm. And I knew right then, I was like, no, that bitch is doing drugs. Yeah. I thought she was snorting him. No, she's taking it in the old fucking mud button. And the reason is she Devil's she dander destroyed, from the mud button. She destroyed every bit of tissue in her nasal passages yeah. that could absorb the cocaine. So snorting it up her nose did nothing for her anymore. Wow. So she had to move on to the mucous membranes of her colon. <laughs> uh, now, no disrespect to Stevie Nicks because she was an addict, and addicts do what addicts yes. need to do. She's a, an amazing yeah. artist, and I'm not disrespecting her. I'm still her making fun of her. But she took the booger sugar and the fucking uh, squash biter, and and. Believe it or not, they named that delivery method after her. Yeah. It is now an actual term S-N-S. used. S Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks style. Yeah. It's like, so how would you like your cocaine? SNS. Oh, man. It's, that's an actual real thing. In, in, yeah. So, awesome, awesome musician, amazing talent. Yeah. But when she was an addict, 
Good lord, she was yeah. she was down at the bottom for so long and couldn't see it. Oh, I know. As uh, good as Stevie Nicks was, though, I always liked Christy McVie better. Oh, me too. Always. I, I liked her voice better. I you liked know, her voice better. Thing. She just looked better. Yeah. But, but anyhow, I mean, they she all said her. She all the time, too. She did. She was melancholy as hell. Yeah. It's she and John McVie were all busted up. Oh yeah, all the all the fucking time. Yeah. That that band right there in particular, read, read the shit behind it, man. Yeah, I mean, it's like, an amazing story. Yeah. And they really defined you know the mid seventies, you know rock and roll scene. Oh yeah. Like wasn't uh, Stevie Nicks? Didn't she date like Mick Fleetwood and then like sang a bunch of songs about what a fucking dickhead he was? Yep. Wrote songs and sang him while he played <laughs> while he played on him. Yeah. He was. <laughs> let's see. She and, and Lindsey Buckingham were already starting to break up when they joined Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. So they each had breakup songs and relationship songs about each other, and then. Uh, Christine McVie and John McVie were breaking up or already divorced, maybe, by the time Fleetwood Mac I think hit. they were breaking up, too. I yeah. think when the band got together, both relationships were actually breaking up. Yeah. But they weren't broke up yet, but when the band hit, then they were broke up. Yeah. You know? And so Christine McVie has songs about her marriage ending yeah. that you know, Fleetwood so Mac So was did. it with Mick Fleetwood or was and it And then with... Mick Fleetwood and, and uh, Stevie Nicks started having a fling. That was right. And then Stevie and Nicks wrote a bunch of songs yeah. about him. Because Mick was still married at the time. Yeah, somebody. that's right. And then so. Mick didn't give a shit because he was making money from it. Yeah. He's like, I'll sing him. Eh, I'm a dick, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you just roll with it. Yeah, uh, very interesting band yeah. all the way. Very incestuous band. <laughs> very incestuous band, but some of the stuff, some of their music, I found very brilliant. Yeah, and some of the guitar on there, like Lindsey Buckingham, does some really interesting things on there. Mm -hmm. It's not going to get noticed. It's not flashy. It's not fast. It's not like eight finger fucking tap ons. Nothing like yeah. that. He just does some chords. That fit so well, but are so interesting. And, yeah. uh, I mean, look, I'm not a great musician or nothing, but I've studied music all my life and always admired it. And Lindsey Buckingham is really interesting. Isn't it Buckingham? He's a guitarist, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His, uh, his, his whole approach to music was acoustic guitar playing. Mm -hmm. And so he's he's accustomed to having the pure sound of the guitar all the time. So complex chords, alternate voicings on chords and things are always clearly heard. Whereas yeah. a rock guitarist is used to overdrive. Yeah, that's you, right. You can, you can that simplify. That is part of his appeal on yeah. it to me is because he was so clear, yeah. precise, and he never put in anything that just to put in there. Yeah, nothing flashy. It was just and to serve the song. Yeah, yeah, and it, and he knew how to really write music. He was yeah. like, okay, that's it. And when when he joined the band, part of the you know part of the deal, when uh, I think they wanted Lindsey Buckingham, and he said, okay, part of the deal is I'm bringing Stevie Nicks too, and Mick Fleetwood said, okay, and part of the deal is. You know, here's a Les Paul electric guitar. You're gonna play this because that's what people I do expect. remember that. Yeah. Uh huh. Mick yeah. Fleetwood is the one who insisted that he switch to electric. And as you can see, anytime Lindsey Buckingham is out of Fleetwood Mac, he's got an acoustic around his neck. 
He never puts on an electric unless it's something really special or damned. out of the ordinary. He's always got an acoustic because and he plays with his fingers, never yeah. a pick. Yeah, and that's because that's that's how he plays. That's that's, that's his acoustic, idea of yeah, music. I, yeah, so that's that's part of why he worked so well is because rock music at the time didn't have a lot of really musically talented guitarists who understood the music or could could be so varied and yeah. it made it made for great songwriting and it made for very listenable tracks you could listen to the song you know eight times over and you wouldn't consciously realize it but it's all the things he did and didn't do that made the song so interesting that you wanted to hear it again you didn't get tired of it yeah yeah i would agree a hundred percent yeah i even liked his solo stuff mm. i think he only really had one really true hit and it was like trouble or something like that yeah, I remember that. He did he did that song for the uh, National Lampoon Holiday yeah, that's Road. Right. That's right. That was a hit, uh, but that was a movie tie-in. Yeah, Who knows yeah. if he even wrote yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. I, for some reason, I didn't really connect that to him, even though I know that. I, I think I knew something about that song, like he didn't even write it. I think he just performed it. Yeah, yeah. And it may be that he's given writing credit, but it's... It, you know, seriously, he just magically comes up with a song that's all about the movie and fits perfectly. Nah, I yeah. think it was mostly written for him. Yeah. And he was, you know, maybe he changed some things here and there. But, but yeah, that's that's the kind of thing they write for the movie and then they get a famous person to come record it. Yeah, and, and let's face it, I mean, there's a lot of artists that do that. I mean, mm. like Ozzy's one of them. A lot of songs he has nothing to do with the writing of the music because, you know, he's... I, I, I don't know. I think he plays harmonica, but I don't think he plays anything else. And I'm not dogging him. Guy's brilliant. Look at his career. Yeah. But, I mean, on everything, it says written by everything on his solo stuff. Ozzy Osbourne and then the people that did write it. Yeah. And and I think even Jakey e. Lee said something about that, too, when he parted. He's like, you know, he's like, yeah, it's kind of disingenuous. You know, Ozzy <laughs> come on, just like hum a little something. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, he wrote it, too. Yeah. And he was like, nah, he really didn't write it. You know, that was me. And yeah, I think uh, Bob Daisley wrote a majority of his music for years. Yeah. And uh, you can hear it when he stopped because the music wasn't as complex, not nearly as complex yeah. as it was before. Bob Daisley had this uh, uh, complex music, how he put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, almost orchestrated or orchestrated, yeah. yeah, orchestrated together. And there was a series of albums after that that were not orchestrated. It was just basically Zach Wilde just coming up with like stuff, and you know, Ozzy going, "Hey, Zach, uh, this song's called I'm Gonna Kick You in Your Fucking Heart." Okay, <laughs> how about this? <laughs> That's it right there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, hey, this leads into another. Oh, go ahead. You had. Um, I... Two, two things, more things on that point. One, a, a very well-known example of a song being performed by somebody who didn't write it is uh, the original Top Gun movie, Take My Breath Away. Yeah. That was performed by Berlin, but they didn't write it. I didn't know Berlin didn't write that. Yeah, and in fact, that's what caused the breakup of the band was the guitar player was so pissed that their one big hit was something they didn't even write. He felt said, I feel like a cover band. And we have to end every freaking show with this as the encore, and it's not even my song. And that's why Berlin just 
blew up right after that is because it wasn't their song and wow. the guy just it could, he couldn't stand it that, that he was he felt like a fake and a phony. <laughs> I'll be damned. And the other thing I was going to mention about songwriting is uh, I've noticed with the original Alice Cooper group from about the third album uh, Love It to Death up through um, Muscle of Love mm-hmm. um, the songs, Which is my favorite Cooper album. That, that's a fun album. One of them, Billion Dollar Babies and Muscle of <laughs> Love. I don't know, I love them all. Anyhow. But he, on the songs that they pretty much knew were going to be hits they gave songwriting credits to all five members of the band. That way, if they were a big hit, all five members of the band would get songwriters' money from uh, from that song. That's classic. So, like, School's Out, all five of them were listed on it. Um, Under My Wheels, all five of them listed on it. Um, some of their longer ones, like Dead Babies and Killer, all five listed on it. Dead Babies is always a great uh, one. I'm 18, all five listed as songwriters. So... They did that intentionally, so, you know, this is the one we intend to be hit single. If it is, you know, it's not like, you know, two members. Right at the time, Michael Bruce and Alice were writing most of the songs. Um, with some definite now you significant help from the bassist. Does that, Alice Dunaway. Cooper can play guitar, can he? Yeah. That's what I thought. And he's a hell of a harmonica player. Oh, I know he's a great yeah, harmonica you, there, player. He doesn't do it too often, but on, on a number of his albums, there's a, there's a song or three with him playing harmonica. And I have seen him play it in concert once, which is a great thrill. That is, yeah. So, Yeah, I've always very nice. much respected Alice Cooper. But yeah, in the beginning of that original band. he's doing a lot of band, commercials now, too. I is, love it. Yeah, he's approaching endorsement horse status. Yes, he is. Sorry, Alice, but you got started, you, don't, you don't get exemption just because I love your music. <laughs> <laughs> it started with a Baker Mayfield commercial where like, he's yes. like, you know, the Cleveland Browns stadium's like right next to the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And yep, now it's Sirius big... XM, and they're yeah. all in the house. Because they're all on oh, Sirius Oh, yeah, yeah. XM. I just saw a piece of that today. Yeah. yeah. They're, like, sitting at the dinner table, and Kevin Hart's upstairs yelling, and, yeah, so it's all that. Yeah. But, it, which, Sirius XM, I'm not even sure what they're trying to do with their new commercials, because they're kind of in flux right now. Their fucking anchor guy, their big guy, Stern, has mm-hmm. become, he's developed in such a pussy that his listeners don't want to listen to him anymore. Like me, I used yeah. to enjoy him. I mean, he was not my favorite. He never was my favorite. But I always enjoyed him because he wasn't a little pitch, you know? He was yeah. he wasn't he wasn't a pussy. But man, he has become the people that he ran out of the business. Even worse. So it's uh they I don't know. So, you know, Stern has become such a Pussy. I mean, I used to an like embarrassment him. To yeah, himself. he's embarrassment. Yeah. yeah, all he does is what he used whine. To stand for. <laughs> yeah, and he used to make fun of the people that did that shit. Yeah, he ran some of them out of the business. He was so brutal. So, like, Sirius XM does not have an anchor anymore. I mean, people are like leaving Stern. Nobody listens to him anymore. I can't stand to listen to him at all. Mm-hmm. I'd rather listen to Ryan Seacrest than him. Yeah. So, uh, anyhow, what are they going to do? He has like another two years left on his contract if he gets through it. If they keep him, you, you have you 
Do you think they're grooming someone to replace him? No. Have you heard of anyone? Or no. Maybe just they got decided rid of to go all in their a talent. different direction? Well, I mean, yeah. you know, they got rid of Bubble Love Sponge. They got rid of uh, Jason Ellis over there. They got rid of, uh, um, oh, um, who was the other guy that came with Stern, the sports guy? Scotty Farrell. Mm. They got rid of Opie and Anthony. All of these guys are gone. Wow. So they've, like, got nobody over there, and I don't know what they're going to do because I don't think that they can anchor it. They still have Ed, Eddie Trunk. Which is great, but he's music. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they are going to do. Because they don't have that anchor real radio guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they could throw as many celebs on there as, on, as they want, but people want real meat fucking shows here and there. Really, and every celebrity appearance is a fluff piece because they've got something to promote. And they've got... You know, questions pre-written to uh, elicit yeah, certain responses so you can talk about the new album or movie yeah, or clothing line or whatever. celebrities are not radio and... guys. No. See any of them, like Martha Stewart, whoever had their own channel, if they were even on there, if you could even find them on there. Yeah. The only one that really has anything, seems to have anything to do with his channel, not musically, he doesn't program it or nothing, but Ozzy. Ozzy actually comes on and does some shows on his program. Yeah. So, and they have a guy interview him, and I oh, forgot the name of him. Tom Morello, the guitar uh, player. Tom Morello, yeah. Yeah, he, he's very active on his... Uh, does he have a channel, or does he just have a show? He started with a show, and I think he may have a channel now. Yeah. I have to look that up. But uh, he's, Tom Morello was on Ozzy's Boneyard. Yeah. And he had a show, and he's great. I love the guy. He tells stories and everything. Yeah, he and love the stories. I, over time, have really learned to appreciate Tom Morello. Mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine, in case yeah, anybody's yeah. wondering. And then Audio Slave. Yes. Um, but the thing is, is Tom Morello, I didn't realize really kind of how progressive and kind of re- groundbreaking he was. Mm-hmm. Not with fast play, not with picking, nothing like that. But with sounds. Manipulating the guitar. Yes. Yeah. Unlike Hendrix, manipulated the guitar. Yes. Rather than just simply play it. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, another one is uh, Jeff Beck. Mm-hmm. He does a really good job with emotions and stuff like that. See the new Ozzy song. Yeah. And, I mean, I think some of that might be Zach Wilde. But supposedly Zach Wilde just did rhythm on that and everything else okay. is pretty much like uh, Jeff Beck's mind. Yeah. You know, his, like, this is what I think it needs to sound like. And he helped write the song, if not wrote most of it. And the song is quite brilliant. The song is one of the best songs Ozzy's done in years. And the guitar on it is fucking brilliant because it's simple, but so good. And this is patient number nine, the yes. song, song. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. song I played to you in the car. Yeah. You can actually hear the battling in Ozzy's mind. The song mm-hmm. is written so well. Because the song is written about being in a mental institution. They kept throwing him in there. You know, they're like, well, you do drugs too much, you're fucked in the head, you know. And Yeah, sometimes rehab yeah. was just kind of lock him up for a while. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, it wasn't, wasn't this, you know, the way it looks in the brochures. Yeah. And some <laughs> of the sounds that Jeff Beck comes up with on that song in particular, I find really amazing. Who knows how the hell he did it, who knows what he did. But I'm sure he manipulated the guitar somehow to make it sound like that because that's not a natural guitar sound. But God bless him. Like I told Davey, my friend Davey, I said, now I know why all my idols idolized him. Yeah. All of my idols, every one of them, Jeff Beck, Jeff Beck. Who was your influence? Jeff Beck. Who's one of your favorite people? Jeff Beck. He he's ama- has amazing ability to work the whammy bar. 
Yes. And uh, and then I heard his gospel stuff that he did with the, was it Rod Stewart? And then was he it? did yeah, and then he did blues. Then he played with Johnny Depp. I mean, the guy is so versatile. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But we were speaking about Ozzy. Mm. So what did you think about that 10-second halftime show, the uh, kickoff to the uh, 2022 season? And, you know, they announce Ozzy. He's on there for 10 seconds, and they pan back to NBC's analysts and the uh, and the uh, field. And I've got a delay. I've got a real theory on that. I don't think that they paid to be on TV on NBC. I oh. think if he, I think if he would have paid to be on NBC, because you didn't hear anything coming out of Ozzy's camp about we got fucking ripped off or yeah. I can't believe they cut us. Yeah. Nothing. They said nothing. So yeah, maybe that was it. Uh, it was an opportunity to. I think maybe they offered to do the halftime huh. show two songs, yeah, to promote the new album. Well, yeah, I, I I saw that. It's like, is that seriously? Is this Ozzy here performing at this? And it was. It was wow! And then it was over. It's like, let's damn, face it. I want more. I, I mean, yeah, I <laughs> bring do Ozzy too, back. I don't want those talking heads. No, I know. I wish they would have showed the whole thing, but you can see it on the internet. And yeah. it's Ozzy probably doing about all he can right now because he is 73 going on 74 in December. And, and in he's had rock major star surgery. years, that's 385. Yes. <laughs> all the stuff that he's done. Hello, this is Satan. You might know me from my pet name, Inflation. I'm here to tell you that there's no better way to relax than. Listen to two douchebags in microphone by a nice warm fire at night. I sit there and I reflect on all the souls I burned that day. Enjoy. In his life, plus the surgeries. The falling down. Yeah, everything. Parkinson's time has caught up with him. Yeah. He's, he thinks that he can get in good enough shape to do a tour, but I don't think so. I mean, God bless him. I hope he tries. I hope he does. I would love to see him one last time. Yeah. And that would be excellent. Just see him one last time, and he's probably not going to be that good. He's probably not going to be very mobile. But I don't give a shit. Music's going to be pretty powerful, I I, I bet. Oh, yeah. The staging and the lights and the choreography, they're going to go all out. If he's able to tour... It's going Every to be Aussie one show. hell of a show each Since, night. Since uh, the No More Tours tour, the first one in 94, uh-huh. they started doing all the visual stuff with all the, they started doing, uh, before Ozzy comes out on stage, they do a big promotional film, and it shows like back in the years, starting with Sabbath, shows him all this crazy shit, dove biting, bat biting, <laughs> fucking... Uh, trains, all this shit. Shaving then, his head. Yeah, and then it shows like his low point, everything crashing, and it shows this like music. Then it shows him like lying on the floor. Then it shows his resurrection and him coming back, and it fucking it, it's just it's such a brilliant production, even before you get to the concert. And then the cool thing is, you got like uh, they hire people like Tommy Clefettos to. Uh, play drums they uh, hire people like Zach Wild which is he is such a brilliant guitar player 
Um, he's a beast. Oh, he's a he's beast. He's such a beast. I heard him doing Hendrix, and then I hear him doing fucking uh, um, Pantera. Fuck, uh, guy that was shot dead. On oh, stage. Dimebag Daryl. Dimebag Daryl. I mean, you know, I hear him so versatile. He can play all of this. I yeah, mean, people tend to judge him Randy by you Road know, he, stuff, Jakey Lee stuff. He what, plays yeah. a lot of you know high gain chug chug chug. But don't but be the talent don't be fooled. is there. Oh yeah, my he God. can play pretty much anything that he want. He thinks in his head. Matter of well, fact, can I'm, come out of his fingertips. I'm pretty sure that's why Ozzy went away from him. Because I know that uh, I think like Zach was like you know wondering how come he wasn't doing albums first in 2010. Um, I forgot the name of that fucking album. It wasn't that good, but uh, he hired Gus G. Hmm. Which is a very fast guitarist. Uh, he's he's actually a, a Greek guitarist from Europe, and it was just like really fast. And he like has no emotion. I'm no. not a big fan of his. I don't nine thousand notes a minute. If you're gonna do that, you might as well just keep uh, Zach chugging. Yeah. But you know, he was telling Jack, you know, uh, Zach, that you know, hey, this is, uh, um, you know, you're black label now. You know, you don't need to be doing my stuff. Well, what it was is this right here. He figured out that he was getting pigeonholed with that chug chug stuff. Mm-hmm. So they had to start going back to writing stuff that was more from before. Yeah. And so, I mean, because if you listen to like um, probably the masterpiece of Zach Wilde would be No More Tears. Yeah. The writing, the guitar, everything. And that's when Zach was still like learning, I think. Still, I mean, he was so good, he was still learning to put songs and write songs together. Yeah. And then after, you know, and then No Rest for the Wicked was great, but it wasn't compositions. Like, yeah, I no can more see tears. that. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was more just, just like riffs. Yeah, riffs. But it was before he started doing that chug-chug stuff. It was really good. It, it, it was great music. Yeah. But then they started writing the compositions together on No More Tears. Osmosis was kind of like, to me, an extension of No More Tears in a lot of ways is written together. Yeah. So, um, anyhow, yeah, my whole thing about the halftime show is they didn't pay for it. I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so they just wanted to... And there's an opportunity to film the video that they put on YouTube. Yes, so, yeah, so people, anybody... See, there I said so again. Everyone take a drink, take a hit. Oh, okay, here, all right. All right. I'm going to shoot a little heroin here. All right. I do it in my dick hole, okay? So, okay. So, uh, every time you say so, uh, you know, heroin is a dick hole, okay? So, if I OD, blame Christopher. Yep. Somebody's uh, going to have to come here and do CPR on his, his injection site. Yes. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to die. Yeah. I'll drag your ass out front and... Put a sign on you. Anybody want to do... Uh... Anybody? Is there someone in the area that doesn't mind doing that? <laughs> free dick! <laughs> sign out there, free dick. Wasn't there a movie like that? Only it was called Free Willy? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, man. When that movie came out, everyone was making Bill Clinton jokes. You know, free Willie, because you know Bill Clinton took his dick out in the Oval Office. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sloshed right. it around. In a couple I remember that they mouths. said Bill Bill Clinton's doing a movie. What is it? Free, free Willie. Willie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
But one of the funniest one ever is like the most popular cigar humidor. Oh, Monica yeah. Lewinsky. <laughs> yep. Sodomizing her with a cigar. And you're right. People don't realize it was in her asshole. The cigar, wasn't it? <laughs> I hope not. Because then he stuck it in his mouth and told her it tasted good. <laughs> Let's hope it was I wonder if his... that was bullshit on the internet that I read. <laughs> no, I read the same story. Oh. It was in a, like a news magazine and that like came out in the trial. And so, so Clinton was an ass eater. Oh! No, no. In, in, in the story I, I read, it was it was vaginal insertion. Oh, it was vaginal. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I probably, he, I probably know, got some fucknut website on there. Because as, as you're a cigar smoker, you know it's sometimes people will dunk their cigars in in wine or yeah. rum or something yeah. like that. So that was what he was doing. He was dunking his cigar in yeah. her vag. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then smiling. Oh, it tastes great. You know, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes he had, more this sense. is the guy that had his wiener on the nuclear button for a while. <laughs> and everyone says such a great yeah, president. Guys, look at this. He's such a pervert, oh, sexual predator. Well, the thing about Bill Clinton was was this right here. Everybody knew he was a pervert. And nobody gave a shit. Everybody in Arkansas kept telling everyone that how he used the highway patrol to to funnel attractive women to him so they could boink the then Governor Clinton to get out of a speeding ticket. Yeah. Yeah, he used the state troopers for that, and there were a whole bunch of women in Arkansas that knew exactly what his dick looked like and could identify it in yeah, a blind he, Yeah, he lineup. had like a curvature to it. <laughs> yeah, it, was, say, it had yeah. some sort of twist to it or something. Yeah, some sort and, of a weird dick. Yeah. So. And, and then there was the alleged other things that happened. They said like, uh, who was the chick that he supposedly fucking, basically fucking molested or raped, they said, and then bit her lip or something? Oh, I missed that one. I can't remember what that was, who that was. And this is alleged because it was never proven. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to say that in a clear conscience, not just covering <clears throat> our ass on the show. Yeah. But uh, supposedly, I forgot the name of her, uh, um, but supposedly he bit her lip and then told her to put something on it, like uh, you ever put some salve on that or something. Real uh, callous about the yeah, injury caused. Yeah, yeah. I could see him doing that because, yeah. you know, in a moment of passion, he bites her lip, and then later he's like, "Well, this shouldn't screw up my political ambitions." No, no, no. put some salve on that because uh -huh. if that gets infected, it might get out. You know, eye on the know. prize. He had his eye on the prize. Yeah, it's not right. always a good thing. No, no, nope. <laughs> nope, not at all. So being single-minded and determined is great if you're a surgeon, but if you're a serial killer, not so good. Hang on. When I say the name, I'm gonna look this up. Okay. Who was well, the woman that said Bill Clinton sexually assaulted her? He's probably going to come up 30 of them. <laughs> Choose from the following list. <clears throat> while, oh. you, while you look that up, I'm going to say one more thing about bands. Um, you talked about songwriting. It made me remember... Um, Kathleen Willie. Oh, what an unfortunate last name. Because that tied you into the that whole name at all? thing. No, but... Oh, there's a few of them. Oh. Juanita Braddock. Broderick. Juanita Broderick. I remember that but name, But he actually too. injured these women. Yes. Well, just the sexual assault 
is itself is an injury, but I'm, I was talking about yeah. leaving leaving a physical trace like a bruise or a bite or a scratch or something. Yes, yeah, supposedly on these, dude. I don't want to go into it because that's yeah, not what that's, we're doing on this podcast. No, we try not to get. But that if you have any questions but... about them, just look them up. Yeah, we yeah. try not to. I I know I called um, I know I called Biden a fuckface last <laughs> week. I apologize. He's not a fuckface. He just is probably really senile and. And a politician. So I think calling him a politician is much worse than calling him a fuckface. <laughs> Agreed? Absolutely. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say, uh, when you talked about songwriting, I, I, I started remembering uh, something that was pointed out and then became very obvious to me is, is during the course of Led Zeppelin's career, mm-hmm. the songwriting shifted from Jimmy Page, who was writing songs on guitar to the bass player john, john paul, paul jones, jones who, wrote who was songs also on, the uh, um, uh keyboard player too. yes yeah. and he wrote the songs on a piano yes so you can you can look if at, you listen to the composition no go ahead you're, yes you're yeah i was just gonna yeah. say exactly what i was gonna say if you listen to the albums you can hear the point where the the songwriting shifted from guitar based to keyboard based. It's plain as day if you notice it. Yeah. If you watch it. And yeah. then of course there there's some songs mixed in from earlier in their career. You know, they like the seventy five album might have an out a song that was originally recorded in seventy one but they never released it. So yeah. there's some of that cross. The majority there. of the music though you but, could tell uh, was written by on piano. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's the shift there. It still all sounds like Led Zeppelin, yeah. but uh, a different kind of a different kind of Led Zeppelin. And the greatest Led Zeppelin album ever, Coda. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassmenta. Yeah, yeah. And the reason it sucks so Deeply bad is not because they suck. It's because these were songs that they hated. Never meant to be released. No, they didn't want it released. They were pissed when they were released. Yes, this this, this is after a... John Bonham died, and yeah. they said no more Zeppelin. And the record company said, "Oh yeah." This is the the record company's last desperate grab for money. Yeah, uh, yeah, they were pissed. out these dead horses. And by this time, Robert Plant was already doing his solo career. And yeah, I think he already released Principle of Moments, didn't he? When this came out, Coda came out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah and then and he was working like, with the Honey Drippers. And then oh, he worked yeah, with Allison Krauss. Yeah. And then you know he's had a number of solo albums. The Honey albums, Drippers, but... he did so well with them. Man, yeah, I wish I... they would have done a lot more. He seemed like he was having a lot of fun with them too. Do you remember when we met? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, I love that. that I, in my mind, that seems to be about the same time as John Lennon's final album. Was but that Milk and Honey? That was. Uh, was it Man and Woman or Man Double? Woman, no, Double Fantasy. Double Fantasy. I thought was that his final album. Well, Alive. I mean, yeah, Alive. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The I think Milk and Honey came after. Yeah, but that but, was the album that he was working on when he was yeah, killed. That's right. By that piece of shit, Mark David Chapman. Yes. In which Yoko Ono still goes and makes sure that he stays in prison, but <laughs> she is also still. Adamantly against guns. Yep. And she also is against long prison terms. <laughs> Oops. So, which is it, Ono? At some point, her health is going to fail, and she won't be there to 
advocate for him to stay in jail, and that's probably and he'll, he'll get out. out and he'll yeah. like uh, do what puppetry or whatever, like fucking the guy that shot Reagan, or he'll uh, or he'll he'll do what uh, many child molesters do and become the ice cream man. Oh yeah, that's right, John Hinckley. What's John Hinckley doing now? Oh, he's selling music, isn't it, or paintings? Something. This is the guy that shot Ronald Reagan. Yes. And made James Brady a fucking vegetable. Yes. He did, literally. Yes. A vegetable is in, like, a guy that can't think or talk right. I mean, like... And thus thus was created the Brady Bill. The Brady Bill, Which yep. everyone can look up if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Any, anyhow, um, you are looking at something there, so... Yeah, um... I was watching a, a, an Aerosmith concert uh, on... Like, like stated before, if you believe anything we say, or think of this podcast anything other than hyperbole, parody, and just plain stupidness, you're dumber than us. And that's hard to beat. On TV, and it was one from Donington, which was 2014, so that's... It's a while they ago. They were still in pretty good shape. And yeah. Sat, I mean, they're actually, they were all priced sober in 2014, so they were probably yeah. putting on a good show. And this is before the drummer uh, had a health issue and then had to rehab. And then the band said, you're not good enough to do our Vegas residency and we're going to bring in a, a hired gun to play the drum part. And, oh, so uh, was the drummer out? So he was going to be out for the Vegas residency, then COVID hit and canceled the whole thing anyway. Well, you see, I think that was God saying, no, you guys have been the same people all these years yeah. through all of this. But <laughs> the bad blood had already well, been spilled here to mix some metaphors. Did somebody, did, yeah, did somebody <laughs> replace already... Joe Perry, Jimmy Crispo? God, I don't think you could call it Aerosmith if you didn't have Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. Oh, I know, the but other I ones thought that in go, the but... 80s, Joe Perry released... Uh, um... There was the Joe Perry Project. Yeah, and I think he was out of Aerosmith for a while, and I think a guitarist by the name of Jimmy Crispo... That sounds right, that sounds familiar. Him. Hang on. But um, the next thing, see there I said butt, um, you can do it on the shot for that. Oh, another heroin <laughs> in my dick hole, everybody. Yeah. I'm going to OD tonight and it's Christopher's fault. Uh, Who replaced Joe Perry in Aerosmith briefly? Just prior to the Aerosmith Jimmy one. Jimmy Crespo. There you, there you okay. go. All right. Just prior to the Aerosmith one was uh, Billy Idol. And I uh, just caught the end of that. And his guitar player, Steve Stevens, was playing... I love and Steve Stevens. He doesn't get enough credit. He's he's an awesome guitar player. I mean, yeah. he's played with with. Is uh, his hair still everywhere? Yeah, pretty much. Awesome. Um, but then again, I don't know how old that concert video was. I didn't look because mm-hmm. uh, it was really just the last bit of it. But during his solo, he picked his guitar up and he was playing with his teeth. And I I thought to myself, you know, how many of these guitar players who supposedly played with their teeth actually have a pick in their mouth? And when they flip the guitar up in front of themselves, you just see the back of the guitar, and they've actually someone else is playing. So they so they stuck the pick out between their teeth, and they're using the pick to actually pick the strings instead of their tongue or their teeth or something. You think? Oh, oh do you well, think man, they're, they're tapping? No, I, I, it's like you know. Supposedly, that when they hold the guitar up, you know they're biting the strings, and that's what you're hearing. But, oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. maybe they've just got a plastic pick in their mouth, and they stick it out. 
and uh, here I've got a guitar pick right here. Actually, I think <laughs> I think Zach Wallace used a pick. And they just start, they just game. hold the pick in their teeth and use the pick on the guitar strings, and you can't see it because the guitar is in front of their face. I, I wonder actually, how many actually honestly use their teeth. <laughs> I think hardly any use their teeth. Yeah. I want to see it from the side. It's like a music magician pulling a trick. I want to see it from every single angle. I want three drones overhead, and then I want you to be able to do it three times outdoors. <laughs> it's all the magicians to me, like, I, well, To no. me, it doesn't bother me that they don't <laughs> use their mouth. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But I I think using a pick is fucking talented enough. I yeah, mean, no but, kidding. Yeah. Anyhow. But, uh, but okay, then you when were I was going watching, somewhere with yeah, this. when I was watching Aerosmith, uh, it struck me how the band has has gone through their turmoils, you know, with Joey Kramer not being allowed to uh, play the Vegas residency, uh, Perry and uh, Tyler having their fights over the years. They oh, call yeah. them the Toxic Twins. Yep. Um, so I was thinking, are they still bandmates, or are they just kind of co-workers now? Oh, I see what angle. I thought you meant, like, who's hired guns and who's not. It was it, it it was kind of that, but then it turned into you know a lot of these bands they well, start out their friends and their bandmates. Aerosmith they're having fun. is not hired guns. No, they're all still they're, the original guys. Yes, and there's no contract been written that I know of. Yeah, that has separated anybody from anything. Bon Jovi hired guns. Yeah, you know, um, even if it was all still the original, it would still be hired guns because that's the way that it was. You know. Yeah, it was for Bon. It was for John Bon Jovi to have this career, and the rest of them were hired to be his band. Yes, but uh, so I would say at this point, probably, I think they're just co-workers. Yeah, it, so I think that's the attitude in the band now is they're co-workers rather than you know brothers, soulmates, do everything together. It's I, I like, think that this is just the guy I work with. Look, I mean, that's kind of what it is. Anymore. You're also talking about two people that famously never got along. Yeah. <laughs> And they credit that um, with LSD their songwriting. LSD singer's disease. Yeah. Joe Perry penned that. Yeah. Because of Steven Tyler's antics. <laughs> yeah. He said he has LSD, lead singer disease. Yeah. So I'm going to say co-workers. I'm going to say co-workers too. So then, so then, of course, I had to come up with a bunch of other bands. And and uh, I was kind of thinking if the band is still together and, and, and doing stuff, albums, tours, etc., then we can talk about their current lineup. But yeah. if it's a band that's already broken up years ago, then we can talk about them as they were then. Um, like the Rolling Stones. I don't know what their status is now, uh, but, but like the last time they were together and doing stuff. I'm going to say co-workers too. Yeah, I'm going to say co-workers. Because just because they have so many spaces mm -hmm. in their career... I don't think they keep in touch. And and they're I, again I don't like think they give a shit. Like I mean, Aerosmith, they're very different people. Yeah. You know, the drummer is very different in his Not musical style. Well, yeah. He was. <laughs> okay. No. The drum yeah, Bill Wyman was in it. Charlie yeah, Bill Char Wyman was bass. Charlie no, Watts was the bass. Charlie the Watts yeah, Charlie Watts, yeah. Yeah. And he passed away last year, I think. Very yeah, very yeah. recently. Yeah. But, uh, so I would, yeah, I kind of think they're co-workers. Yeah, Charlie Watts is so much different and had such a different life. He married a very young woman, and and had children with her late late in life. Later in life, yeah. It's like he put off his yeah. his uh, personal life until much yeah much it was, later. It was really interesting. Like yeah. he had all his fun, and he's like, well, you know what? 
I guess I do want to reproduce, and I guess I do want yeah. to like uh, kind of have someone with my name. Uh, See, my okay. theory is, is he waited until he knew he wasn't going to screw around on the road anymore. You know what? I think you're probably right on yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Up well, until Mick then, Jagger he was, was just like, like, you know, I can have fun. I'm a single dude. So, a single Jag- British dude. So. Yeah, that's true. Mick Jagger is probably like, look, you know I'm going to fuck around on you, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you still want to get married, supermodel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's, I'm absolutely positive there are people that when they get married, they realize that that doesn't mean that they're not each going to have I would think with Mick with Jagger <laughs> and how notorious he was. Yeah. And probably still is. I don't know. Yeah. That it would just been in the agreement. Yeah. Now, now, did you ever see that thing, uh, Mackenzie Phillips? The uh, daughter one on one day at a time. Yeah, mamas yeah, and papas. The daughter, daughter. of yes. His mom was mom was Michelle. Supposedly, daughter was she said that her dad gave her to Mick Jagger, and Mick Jagger basically fucking raped her. I yeah, John Phillips was a perv. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He used to bang her, supposedly. Yeah, and he was abusive physically as well as sexually, so I could definitely see that happening. Yeah, she said in her book that he just gave her to Mick Jagger and left, and Mick Jagger basically fucking chased her around the room until he fucking banged her. And she said it was unwilling and that he, he was a horrible person, and she hates him. And see that kind of behavior yeah, in the books? rock and I don't roll know. world. I mean, you know, well, see that that kind of behavior in the rock and roll world was not unusual. It was people who were told that there were no limits, no rules. They could do anything. They were making so much money, nothing mattered. And that's true. And so yeah. they felt like they could do whatever the hell they wanted, and somebody would pay their you know, way out of it. You're right. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Did you do that? Oh, it's Mick Jagger. All right. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Well, all right. So we have two people to the left here. The two questionables: Bill Clinton and Mick Jagger. All right, we've, we've determined during this podcast they both have kind of questionable backgrounds. Yeah, very questionable. Yes. All right, the next one I have on my list is Deep Purple. I actually think that Deep Purple, and here I've got a definite, definitive opinion on this. <laughs> Me too. Okay, they are bandmates. <laughs> Me too. I'd say they're bandmates. Yeah, because they adamantly do not like MK5, 4, with Glenn Hughes, and, uh, um, who was the other one? Um, uh, David Coverdale. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 those two. They came in to replace, uh, Ian Gillen and, uh, um... Glover? Danny Glover, yeah. Roger Glover. Uh, Roger Glover, yeah. Danny Glover's Danny the... Danny Glover's the, the actor. The actor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Roger Glover, thank you, yeah. Yeah, they came in, and um, now, here's the deal. The two lineup, the famous lineup, okay, with, uh, well, it was John Lord, but now it's like Sinclair, I think, John Sinclair. Uh, John Sinclair, I think, is the mm-hmm. keyboardist for him now. But um, it was the one with uh, Ian Gillen. Yeah. Uh, Roger Glover. Yeah. Richie Blackmore. Ian, Ian Pace, Pace. And John Lord. Or yeah. did I say John Lord already? Yeah. Who's the other one? Bass, drums, guitar, voice, vocals, keys. Yeah, I think you got them all. Okay, I got them all. Okay. That was the MK2 lineup because the first singer, Evans or whatever, 
His last name was Evans. He was mm -hmm. on the first album only, and then they got rid of him, and they got uh, uh, um, Ian Gillen. Okay, uh, Hughes and Coverdale say that they're that they get treated like shit by the MK2 lineup. Mm. Hughes and Coverdale is MK4 or 5 lineup. I forgot which one because there have been so many lineups. Yeah. So they uh, they say that they hate them and that they don't feel like they're really deep purple and they were kind of like the frauds that came in later. Yeah. They didn't really write that many hits and every light album purple. they did was, yeah, light purple <laughs> light is kind of the way they feel. Yeah. So I think because of that, I think the remainders of Deep Purple, and plus, minus Richie Blackmore, who famously was notorious for being hard to work with and moody. He was a Mr. Cranky Pants, yes, that's he for was. sure. He was not a happy person for doing so well. Yeah. So I think all of that bonded them together, and they still play a lot of concerts. They still hang out. They still yeah. have fun. They don't have a lot of hang-ups to other guys in Purple. They just... Yeah. They just fucking fart around and have fun. Yeah, they definitely I, seem like bandmates yeah. to me. And another thing is, whenever they do interviews, they usually do them all together. Yeah, that's another big... That's another clue. Uh -huh. And they're always like, yeah, I remember when Ian was down there and that guy <laughs> came up there. You know, they have all these stories and they're all laughing. They remember them. So I'm going to say... Absolutely. The one thing that did not happen, though, that I'm pissed and I wanted to see happen was this right here. And I want your approval on it. <laughs> I want your nod of approval, hopefully. But if you don't want to give it, that's fine. But uh, Ian Gillen and Tony Iommi are great friends. Mm -hmm. Ian Gillen was the lead singer of Black Sabbath for one album, Born Again, which is a fucking fantastic album. <laughs> really got overlooked. The world wasn't ready for it. Yeah. So, um, they were actually kind of discussing behind the scenes about Tony Iommi playing in Deep Purple. Wow. Limited, limited for maybe one or two albums just to do it, do it. And this is when Sabbath basically fell apart when they had uh, Tony Martin in it. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Richie Blackmore wasn't coming back. He already started Rainbow, and he was already doing too good with Rainbow, and there was too much water under the bridge, and nobody wanted to go back to Blackmore. They're all like, no, 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 and then they went to uh, Steve Morse. Yeah. But um, anyhow, it was actually been discussed that he was going to come over and do a couple albums with him. I would have loved to have heard him with John Lord. Yeah. My God. And uh. the riffs that he writes... The only other person that can keep up with me on riffs is Richie Blackmore. And and then, uh, in addition to that, imagine the tour and hearing Tom, Tony Iommi's version of, of uh, the older <sighs> Deep Purple songs. Oh my songs. god. Uh, Highway Star? Imagine him doing the solos on that and doing it in his own way, you know, just cause because when he plays, he sounds like himself. Yeah, yeah. Tony and, Iommi is very distinctive on everything that he yeah. does. He has his Man, own signature. That would be cool. Yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. Wouldn't that have been something? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that would have given such a such a hard edge to some of those older oh, yeah. tunes too. But of course, I'm also the nerd that's still waiting for Brian May and uh, Tony Iommi to come out with this album of riffs. Yeah. It's for the guitar player. Mm -hmm. It is an album for guitar players. They teach you how to play these riffs that they both wrote. Break them down. Yeah, yeah, it's just an album of riffs. I just, man, 
To me, That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, go ahead. I'm sorry. I All right, this next one would probably be pretty easy. Motley Crue. <laughs> Co-workers. Co-workers, definitely. There's no question there. Even the there. best buds, Tommy Lee and Nikki Six, don't even get along that well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely co-workers. I'm glad they both quit the political shit, though. It used to piss me off. Yeah. Matter of fact, Tommy Lee said something to the effect of, and like I said, man, you know, hey, I'm uh, I'm liberal on some things. I'm conservative on a lot of things, you know. Yeah. Okay, so you can't really peg me on anything. I mean, maybe I'm a libertarian. Maybe I'm not. I don't know, you know. But I, all I know is what I believe in and what I don't. You ask me, it's piece by piece. It's not one blanket. Yeah. So, um, uh, anyhow, where the fuck was I going with this? Oh, oh, uh, uh, Tommy Lee said something, you know, fuck Trump or something like that. And he said, if you don't like it, unfollow me. And I just wrote, done. <laughs> and anyhow, my friend Joe said, hey, he wrote, fuck you to you. And I said, I don't know that because I unfollowed him, like he said. <laughs> I was one of the first ones too. Also pissed off Gene Simmons too, really bad. He blocked me. And and uh, anyhow, here's why. I bought tickets to go see him in Tulsa. Yeah. Canceled. Oh yeah. Then I went up to Omaha. I actually drove up to Omaha because he was doing um, his. This is a Gene Simmons band. Mm-hmm. Okay, nothing to do with Kiss. Yeah. Just those Gene Simmons. And uh, I don't even know what all he plays. He didn't play any Kiss stuff. He did have a solo album um, when they both did when they all did yeah. their own solo albums back in '78. Well, when I saw Ace Frehley uh, a year or so oh, back, the Alice... he did some he did some Kiss songs. Yeah. So I I imagine there's some agreement in there about if you're co-writer or partial writer, you could probably do some of them. Oh, okay. He probably, he he probably done was able couple, to do some Kiss songs. And he probably did some yeah. of his own solo stuff. And yeah. he probably did some other stuff, too. Who knows? Yeah. But um, I went down there to Tulsa to see him. Canceled. I went. Up, I drove up to Omaha to see him. Mm-hmm. And that was canceled, too. Only they didn't let me know. Uh, oh, you're I already so there. Pure. I was already there. <laughs> I already had a room at the Doubletree. So I did the only thing I could do is I went out and I got fucked up. Yeah. Matter of fact, the venue, the ballet center there, the people were so sad that for me because I drove all the way there and I had my ticket and I was ready to go. And I go, it doesn't look like there's a concert going on here. And she goes, no, sweetie, there isn't. And she's an older lady. And she goes, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go upstairs? Now, there's a party going on there, but you can go up there. It's not exclusive. She said, you can go up there and here. Take this token with you. It was like five free drinks. Nice. And these drinks were like fucking 35 bucks a piece. There's a real ritzy party going on in the rooftop at this ballet center that somebody rented out. And I went up there, just regular clothes. They're all fucking dressed up. I'm sitting over there with one of those big lounges, outdoor loungers. (laughs) I was sitting there fucking drinking these free drinks while they're having this little party over there. They're always kind of like looking at me and stuff. And one guy walked by, I go, "Uh, I'm security. Oh, oh. Okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> he thought I was. Because <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I wasn't doing anything wrong because the lady set me up there because she felt bad. Because I told her, so I drove three and a half hours, or actually, I think it's more like two and a half hours. But I probably yeah. told her three and a half hours, make her feel worse. Yeah. <laughs> and anyhow, but it was canceled. But I bought the ticket secondary. I can't think of the name of the place, but the secondary market doesn't like 
doesn't notify. It doesn't notify. Yeah, you. you're out of the loop on the yeah. notifications. For... So anyway, I went up there and had some free drinks and stuff, uh, and on the rooftop with that fucking party going on of something, and and I don't know who they were, but they looked really important. Yeah. So some it ballet was company or yeah, sponsors or. Something. Yeah, who knows? But yeah. anyhow, I got to kind of join them. Well, the Omaha's got a nice zoo. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, here we are at the Kansas City Zoo. Well, I was planning on coming back the next day because they had stuff that I had to do. Yeah. So I did come back the next day, but I went yeah. to the old market later after after that party was over and they started kicking everyone out of the rooftop. I went to the old market and yeah. ate nice. and hung out there for a little bit. But it actually turned out to be a really nice trip. Yeah, that's... So. that's it's glad that it, I'm glad that it turned out to oh, be Oh, but Gene fun, Simmons... But. But yeah, I, he, he, he so posted that was your second time. You yeah, missed he posted something about his solo band, and I go, yeah, right. And then I said, you know, I went here to see you, went to see that. I go, uh, and I go, uh, I said something like, don't book it if you can't sell it or something like that. <laughs> Next thing I know, no more Gene Simmons anywhere. He fucking blocked me. Yeah, his ego. And then I got on Shannon like Tweed Simmons, and every chance I get, I go, your husband's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this fucking Mark Wallace guy. You fucking block him too. He's a dick. Block every Mark Wallace in the world. All of them. Fuck that guy. Find him. He's in Kansas City somewhere. He said he drove three hours to see me. All right, here's my next offering. Okay, sorry. Def Leppard. I'm going to say they're uh, friends. I'm going to say bandmates too, yeah. Yeah, they've been through a lot, you know. Rick Allen losing his arm, mm-hmm. Steve uh, um, Clark, Steve Clark, Steve Clark dying. Um, um, actually, Vivian Campbell with cancer. Oh yeah. Oh, he's had cancer a long time. I think then, he still has it. It's just manageable. And then the the guitar player that Phil Collin replaced, Rick Savage. Yeah. And it was Savage. Yeah. That was last. So, I mean, they they had Didn't to he... they had to get rid of him because he couldn't handle the road he was just he was hammered all the time, all the time yeah. yeah so yeah. they replaced him with with phil collin and phil collin plays better anyhow yeah I've heard, so. he's he's a guitar playing machine so yeah yeah they're definitely bandmates and also their sound comes a lot of their sound comes from steve collin anyhow so i mean yeah they kind of lucked out when they got rid of uh, savage yeah wasn't wasted pete way part of the band for a while too or not I know he's in Wasted. Yeah, I think, yeah. I don't know, somehow that correlate. I'll look it up later. It yeah, doesn't all matter. right. Yeah. Um, now we've got to run. I think you were going to be pretty uh, similar on these next few. Kiss. No. Co-workers. Co-workers. Yeah, I was going to say co-workers. All now, right. Paul and Gene <laughs> may be somewhat friends. Yeah. But it's basically co-workers. Yeah, I'd say so too. Wasp. I'm going to say co-workers. Uh, me too. Yeah, and here's why. Because Chris Holmes left, Randy Piper left. I don't even know who the band is anymore. Johnny yeah. Rod left. I, I don't know who the band is at all. Yeah, I, it's, I it's mean, just a bunch of co-workers. Yeah, I think it's Blackie Lawless's concept. Always mm-hmm. has been. Always, I, I mean, it's his show. How about Metallica? Ooh. I'm gonna say they're still friends. Yeah, I'm. I'm seeing they're, they're they're clinging on to a little bit of that, especially after they cleaned up. I think they're friends that annoy the fuck out of each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's it. 
but I think at the end of the day they do keep in touch. Yeah, they look. They they seem to me like the guys that would hang out on you know their each other's kids' birthdays. Yeah, so. I really love this segment. By the way, that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Here's here's a one a blast from the past. The Beatles. Okay, I'm gonna say they became co-workers although from being really good friends because if you think about how far they went away from each other yeah i mean because uh george harrison went into eastern religions and eastern music and all that are you talking about if they were together as the beatles like uh at the end are you talking about yeah since they're no longer together i think we'd be fair to to look at them in the last the last uh uh, well, stage of their career, their albums, let, let it be. No, was it Let It Be or was it Ab- no? It was Let It Be. Let It Be. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, Abbey Road was before that. Right before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. yeah, the last the last kind of version of them before they split. Okay, I'm gonna say because as they grew apart, they each got weirder and weirder. In my opinion, <laughs> that's for sure. So I'm gonna say they were all friends. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to stick with bandmates too on that one. Okay. Because um, I, you know, Ringo Starr was just heartbroken when the band broke up. You yes. can tell it in his music. That's and, a good and, point. I forgot. He yeah. really was. His yeah. music was. He very loved all sad. three of the other guys. Yeah. He really did, and they liked he him too. He wasn't supposed to be there anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of the goofy fourth wheel. Yeah, he really wasn't that great of a drummer. And what's his name left? Uh, I mean, um, he he had some chops. Yeah. But he didn't really get the opportunity to explore it so much. He just kind of played some standard stuff on a lot of the yeah. a lot of the songs. And then I personally don't like the way the drums were physically recorded. I, I just don't like the way they sound. Um, they just it was just, yeah. I, I would just, agree. It's tinnish. They're all overloaded so much because he had the microphone just like millimeters away from everything. He had blown out. Is that what it was? Yeah, they were like super close mic'd, and to me everything sounds overloaded and oversaturated. Yeah, you know, like I John see that. Bonham had room mics. Yeah, and, and John he sounded Bonham like he was suck. playing a kit. Yeah, uh, Ringo sounded like he was holding up each individual instrument in front of your face and smashing it with a hammer. Because yeah, it that's was just true. too much. It was just overloaded every single hit. Real quick, I gotta ask you something while we're okay. on drummers here. Gotcha. Lars Urich, do you think he's that good of a drummer, or you think he's really not that good, um, or good enough? I'm I'm gonna put him in the category of a guy who he knows the flashy tricks and hooks, like you know the rapid double kicks yeah. and and the, the stuff. But technically, as, yeah, he's there's nothing all that special about him. I mean, okay. if you're talking like, oh, the raw physical talent and power, well, Ken- Kenny Aronoff has him beat. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's John Mellencamp's drummer. Yeah. Um, yep. So I was never all that impressed with Lars Ulrich. Okay, me neither. I was yeah. just wondering. Anyhow, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, anyway, so that was the Beatles. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say, yeah, at the end of there, they were still friends. And I agree with Ringo. Yeah. And the way they recorded everything. But his music did reflect how he was in time. Yeah. And also, I think there's a certain sadness about John Lennon, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Paul McCartney and uh, George Harrison took it the best. Yeah. I kind of I feel like at the end, 
I think George Harrison would have quit the band anyhow. Yeah. He was going so different and musically. Yeah, he wanted to explore all sorts of different things. He really did, yeah. He probably would have at least started putting out solo albums. At the very least. Yeah. He may have stayed with him, but he would have definitely been doing his own stuff more than probably the Beatles. So I, I kind of see the the breakup as you know John Lennon and Paul McCartney being the bickering parents, you know, yeah, getting yes. a divorce. Yeah, and John Lennon's like, you know, I want the Beatles to stay together and succeed, but I want it to go this way. And Paul's attitude would be more like, well, you know, I'm kind of done with the Beatles. I think I can write a whole bunch of pop hits, and that sounds like fun to me. Which he and did. I just want to go do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, and You're that way about he the could second his... one, not the first one. Second Paul McCartney. Yes, yeah. he said the, the, the fake replacement Paul McCartney. from Canada. Yeah. yeah, and that way he could he could put his wife in the band and go have a, a band with her and. and you ever hear isolated vocals? Yes. <laughs> Who has it? <laughs> oh, oh, oh my that's god! Just... It's not quite Yo- Yoko. No, not quite Yoko. But, but it's pretty fucking yeah. bad. It's oh. kind of a long. It's about the same quality as if you look, if you find Courtney Love's isolated guitar playing <laughs> on stage. That's pretty awful. <laughs> oh God, I'm oh better than God. her, I and I'm really, that. I'm not very good. <laughs> she sounds like she just like took her fingers and just hit them about anywhere. Just yeah, like, she's just kind of approximately getting somewhere close to where she's supposed to be on the neck. Yeah. So from a distance, it looks like she might be playing. Anybody thought that but her dead not, husband oh, was uh, sloppy? See, Courtney, yeah. you'll appreciate Kurt Cobain's yeah. playing. <laughs> well, this one you're going to be the expert on, uh, Poison. Hmm. No, 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 no. They are definitely workmates. Just co-workers? Just co-workers. Yeah. I, I think C.C. DeVille left it in pretty shitty condition. He did. He uh, he was replaced by Richie Coxon. Mm-hmm. Richie Coxman fucked all of their wives, their girlfriends. <laughs> Lovely. And they kicked him out. They didn't kick him out because he's a horrible guitar player or wasn't good in concert because he's a very good guitar player. Just pumping everything to move. Yeah, and he's a really good singer. Yeah. But then I guess um, they found out and kicked him. No, actually, I think they didn't know till after they kicked him out. I think they kicked him out because it went over like uh, when uh, when Motley Crue got rid of Vince Neil. Yeah, everyone was like, what? Why? Yeah, and then no one wanted to go see their show. So I had to bring back C.C. DeVille mm-hmm. with his blonde spiked hair. Yeah. You, know, you know, he looked yeah. like Phyllis Diller. Yeah, he, he did. Really did. Everyone, if he you don't know who Phyllis Diller voice. was. <laughs> hey, guys, what's up, man? Hey, let's all go party. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, I'm fucking shooting Coca-Cola up my asshole. This is great. You know, it, um, yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he looked and acted like a crack whore. Yeah. He really did. Yeah, I know. And I think, like... After they kicked Richie out for no reason, just because, you know, they needed to do sales again. Um, I think later on they found out that he banged all their girlfriends. Look uh, it up. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Another blast from the plat- from the past. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I think they were workers, too. Yeah, I think they were co-workers. Because they had, they had their... They all had solo careers, yeah. individual careers. And then Neil Young would come in. They had Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young occasionally. Yes. Yeah. And he definitely had his own thing going. Yeah, he was a side project on his own, but he yeah. had his own thing. The Canadian Bob Dylan. Yeah. Neil Young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I don't think that's fair to Canada or Bob Dylan. No, it isn't. So. No, we're or not fair to Neil Young. I wonder either, how so. Bob Dylan felt hearing that. Yeah, she's like, "What? <laughs> Fuck you guys! <laughs> Why does there have to be a Canadian me?" Yeah. Well, Bob Dylan just wrote with so much more passion and and thought. And, yeah. I mean, where Neil Young was angry. Yeah. Bob Dylan didn't come from an angry place. Sometimes he did. Yeah. But not usually. He was yeah. poetic. But it anyhow, was still protest, but yeah. not not I'm pissed off at you protest. It's not like, I'm shove my guitar what are we all doing protest. protest? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's kind of let's like, look let's at what we're it. doing and think about it kind of protest. Yes. Which I think works better. Bob Dylan was much more intellectual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyhow. Yeah. Neil Young was a too. folk kind of artist, yeah. which which and, by and its nature is means, you know, mass appeal and you know, you're not trying to appeal to the college crowd. You know, yes. you're trying to appeal to everybody. So you're inclusive. Okay. So good. All right. Good. Soundgarden. Um, they are both. They were both. When they broke up, they were co-workers because their their drug habits and everything was really got the best of the band. Yeah. They didn't like each other. When they got back together, they were more friends because they all understood each other much more. Yeah. Kim Thole and, uh, and uh, Chris um, Cornell. Chris Cornell, I think, used to butt heads quite famously. Yeah. I mean, they got along and everything, but... I think that they grew apart because of the differences. The creative differences. I the mean, that's always the, ex- yeah. the excuse you hear. Yeah. But, but it, I it's do a, think uh, drug it's a abuse, serious, yeah. alcohol abuse, all yeah. that. But when you're sober and, and, and you've got a song and you really disagree on whether this part should be in that song or whether the song should be on that album... Mm-hmm. I mean, those are real things that they call creative differences. Yeah, I mean, this is true. Usually when they say that he left because of creative differences, it's like you said, you know, somebody slept with somebody's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's something right here, though. Vicki Cornell, uh, uh, Chris Cornell's widow, uh-huh. okay, and Soundgarden have been in lawsuits. Yeah, I've heard of this. So maybe they were not getting along that well. I don't know. She's alleging like ex- it's too much pressure on him, uh, yeah. or something like that. Well, that and they, also over music too. And yeah, musical rights, the copyrights, musical yeah. rights, all that. Or maybe maybe the the thing about too much pressure on him is part of the way to to leverage access to musical rights and publishing rights and I royalties think, uh, and things. But I think that Vicky Cornell is misplacing her anger about her husband killing her I, Yeah, I, I tend to lean towards that, yeah. Yeah. Until I learn more, that's kind of where I'm landing, too. Yeah, I think that the outrage and the shock and the hurt, she couldn't place that on herself or her family or whatever. So maybe she placed that on the band. Yeah. And I feel bad for her. Sucks. Horrible deal. Mm-hmm. Lost a great musician, a guy that really did great music, and probably a great person from what I can understand. And so, you know. know, speaking for myself, it, it seemed like everyone was under the impression that he had um, detoxed and or gotten clean and sober, or at least was in a good place to well, handle um, what was going on. Vicky Cornell had a, not. had a lawsuit against the pharmaceuticals of Ataban. 
that's probably what I was thinking of about when you mentioned the lawsuit, and I thought it, when I was because, thinking earlier. Uh, Autoban or Adoban, I think it's Adoban, one of the main side effects, suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. But it's also supposed to fend against suicidal yeah. thoughts. I don't understand. Kind of, it. Yeah, it's like asthma medicines that make it hard to breathe as a side effect. So it's what like, they're saying is, is it doesn't work? <laughs> Are they saying it doesn't work? Or it just makes it worse, possibly? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you want to kill yourself but not quite as bad? I don't know. So, yeah. yeah I, and it's nothing to laugh about. Yeah, Suicide definitely. is a horrible deal, and it's terrible that people will think about murdering themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's terrible that it happens. And it's really terrible when, like, Chris Cornell did it. I saw him two days before. Here in here in KC? Yeah, here in KC. And I yeah. told Val, I said, he cannot do the full tour singing like that. He was, it makes me wonder if he didn't have it planned out already. He was singing like he was 20 years old, and he had no thought about um, preserving his body no <laughs> his vocal cords no that guy sounded so good and was just singing all those high notes and everything and I'm like how can a 50 year old man keep this up 52 mm. I think at the time well maybe he was out there just blowing it all out every night and just decided that as soon as I can't do it anymore I'm going to stop yeah maybe he's like you know one of these one, one of these tours, you know, one of these tour dates coming up, that's going to be it. Yeah. I'm just going to sing my ass off and, you know what, who cares? Yeah. You know, because everyone else, mm. I would think, would be like, you know, I better watch out. We have 20 more dates. Yeah. And I better watch out what I do with my voice. And the, and the concert was over two hours anyhow of him singing just his ass off at 52. Did but, he play guitar too? Yes, he did. Awesome. He's... I always knew he's a good guitarist because I'd seen him solo, I'd seen him with Soundgarden before. I'd never got to see him with Audio Slave. Yeah. But I wanted to, but it doesn't matter. I don't know what happened. But anyhow, he's always been a really good guitar player. Yeah. You know, really good rhythm guy. So anyhow. All right. Well, the final one on my list, and this is a real softball I'm serving up to you: Sex Pistols. <laughs> <laughs> Co-workers. Co-workers. <laughs> they were hired by, what What was the promoter's name? McLaren? Something like, something McLaren. And the, his whole the idea was... What the fuck was his was, name? Oh, well, McLaren. Good enough. Yeah, I think that was it. But yeah, his idea was to put together a, a band that couldn't play, couldn't write music, couldn't do anything right, and just, you know, get money off of it. Yeah, and, and he did. He, and what... What reminded well, me of them? Well, they all lived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What reminded me of them was uh, recently Queen Elizabeth passed away, and God save the Queen. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember in 1977 it was her 25th uh, year anniversary on the throne. What would that would be her silver jubilee? Yeah, I guess. And she had this big floating, you know, barge that she was on going down the Thames River with all the attending boats and the pageantry and all this stuff. And <laughs> What this McLaren guy did was he looked up how legally, how close behind he could follow with his own barge. Uh-huh. And he put the sex pistols on it and they blasted out their punk music the whole way behind her. 
So everybody who came to see the Queen's Silver Jubilee saw the Sex Pistols performing oh, right behind awesome. her. They ruined her. Did they do uh, God Save the Queen? And then, I'm sure they and did. Anarchy in the Anarchy UK. in the UK. <laughs> I am an antichrist. <laughs> or no, it's I am an anarchist. I am an anarchist. And but then he I says am I am an antichrist next. You know. So, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, so, I love that. That's what reminded me of the Sex Pistols. But, so, uh, uh, and then at their the, final concert... Did McLaren uh, have something against the royal family? No, this was just to get they publicity just and just publicity. exploiting. Okay. Yeah, but when uh, when the Makes Queen sense. passed away, the, uh, the lead singer, uh, John Lydon, who went by the name of Johnny Rotten, um, he sent a heartfelt and very nice and sincere uh, condolence to the royal family, uh, which... By God, he better, considering what he did to her silver jewelry. Yeah, Johnny Rotten. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love that. And Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. He's yeah. the one that killed himself, right? Yeah, yeah. Killed his girlfriend and well, himself. I watched a docu- uh, not a documentary. It was a, uh, a recreation of uh, their life with uh, um, Gary Oldman playing Sid Vicious, if you can believe it, and doing a fairly good job. Hmm. Um... But uh, there was supposedly a suicide pact between Sid and his girlfriend, Nancy Spungen. And they were both uh, really desperate heroin addicts. I remember reading, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they both decided that's what was going to happen. And then in a hotel room, he wound up stabbing her. And then not wanting to go through with the suicide pact and called for help, and she eventually died. So he was arrested for her murder, mm-hmm. and while he was out on bail, it was obvious that he was going to get convicted and sent to jail. And his own mother helped him OD, because, as she said later, I knew he wouldn't be able to handle prison, and he didn't want to go, and this was just the easiest way out for him. Imagine a woman helping her own son, son overdose on heroin to avoid jail. Now you know how come Sid Vicious turned out so bad. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a family. But uh, I think the movie was called Sid and Nancy. And it was it was, it it was, was. a good movie. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. And there are documentaries oh, about situations. Oh, there's people who say the well. greatest love story ever was Sid and Nancy. And I'm like, right. no, 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 just, no. Just two wild, outrageous people who I were temporarily the infatuated with we each other. We love each other like Sid and Nancy. <laughs> yeah, that's supposedly one time uh, she uh, for a, for a present she she had this chain and uh, uh, put it around his neck and then locked it with a padlock, you know, right in front. And he's like, "Cool, yeah, let's go." And then he said, "Where's the key?" And she said, "What key?" <laughs> and then he just laughed. Yeah, so now he had this this heavy it chain and padlock permanently around his neck until he found some bolt cut. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> all right. Cool. Uh, you and I really miss is real punkers. Yeah, we don't have real punkers anymore. We have Not fake too ones. Many. Nah. You know who's a real punk though? Still, I think Chuck, uh, Chuck Garrick. He's a bass player in a band called the Turds. The, the band's not together anymore, but uh, okay. and then I think the Turds broke up, and then there's another band called the Druts, which is turd backwards. <laughs> he's the he's the touring bassist for Alice Cooper, but if you've ever seen him, man, this guy looks punk as hell. 
<laughs> cool. I want to hear. I want to hear the music from a band called the Turds. I do too. <laughs> I do too. I was just thinking. I'm going to look that up later. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So. To douchebagsandmicrophone.net, you're one stop for douchebaggery. You want to write us? You want to say something to us? You want to look for a live button? When we go live, you can call in. All of this stuff is right there for your ear holes and eye holes. You got it, chumps. It's all yours. Two douchebags and microphone.net is up and running. Hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe Two douchebags and a microphone. Invading your ear holes. Three, two, one. Hey, where'd everybody go? We're the douchebags. <laughs> oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells. 